Hey, y'all. So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see on my Instagram feed, I have videos of me cooking or talking about food in some type of way. Or if you watch my stories, you will definitely see me being active in the kitchen and so on. So you may think like, oh, Unique, she cooks, that's her thing. But the truth be told, cooking was not always my thing. (laughs) Just a few years ago, just a few years ago, cooking was definitely something that was a challenge for me. And I stayed away from it. Well, at least I looked at it as a challenge. You know, I put this block within myself about cooking, like that's not my thing. I don't do that. And and didn't even like put any energy into that area. Like we were just getting by in my household with the bare minimum. Let's throw some ragu ragu sauce on top of some noodles and call it a day. (laughs) So over here on the Become a Unique platform, I am a true believer of us all vibrating higher. And with us vibrating higher, all of us All of us listening to this podcast consumes food, unless we are a breathitarian. And a breathitarian is a person that just lives off their breath. But that's very rare. So I'm going to believe that everyone listening to this podcast is a consumer of food. (laughs) And yes, we have gotten into a very convenient lifestyle in 2023 where Uber Eats is just a tap away. And there are, you know, restaurants and fast food chains and all these chain restaurants that we can pick up food easy on the go at any time. So a lot of us have started to steer away from the art of being in the kitchen. But when we are able to be in our kitchen, And putting that pure love and energy in our own food and understanding our food from A to Z is such a beautiful experience. So if you are ready to get some information about the art of seasoning, yes, the art of seasoning, because that honestly... That's what makes the food. (laughs) It's the art of the seasoning because you can have two pieces of chicken. You may be like, I love chicken. I love chicken. But if that chicken ain't seasoned right, you're going to be like, this chicken nasty. I don't like chicken. (laughs) So the art of seasoning is so important. And that's why I have an episode today with going and talking about having a conversation around the art of seasoning. Um, This is a jam-packed episode, so I'm not going to hold you up too much at this beginning intro. So let's get right into today's episode. Let's go. Today on the Becoming Unique podcast, I have such a beautiful and amazing guest by the name of Judith. Welcome. Thank you so much, Unique. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) So before we even get started, I would love for you to share with everyone, who is Judith? So my name is Judith Keyes and I am originally from Ireland, as you might hear from my accent. But um, for the past 10 years, so I moved here in 2013, I have lived in the south of France. 
Um, so beautiful place to live and lots of good weather and nice food. And um, oh, sorry, I've got notifications going off. I should turn that <laughs> off. Um, yeah, so I moved here because I wanted to change unique. So I've, I was working in a law firm in a corporate environment for a long time. Um, it was something that, you know, I could do it. It was fine, but it wasn't what I loved and I needed to make a change. Um, and my family had, my parents had retired to France. Uh, my sister had moved here and everybody was sort of drawn to this place. Uh, and I was the last one to come. I thought, right, I'm going to go and try this. And uh, yeah, I left my job and moved to France. Uh, I just bought a house and everything. And I just thought, no, I, I, I something I need to change. So I saw myself, I think going down the route of, you know, nine to five job and buying a house and doing all the things that you're meant to do. And I sort of thought, ah, no, I don't want that. So <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I decided to move and I came to France and I'm still here. I met my husband and yeah, we've two beautiful little boys now and I run my own business called My Food in France. So I am obsessed with food and cooking and everything to do with uh, food from all over the world. So I run my food in France because I live here, but I teach and talk about food from all over. So, but I just, I have this lovely surrounding yeah. area and gorgeous food from here in Provence in France. So yeah, quite often talk about the food here, but I love food from everywhere. <laughs> oh my goodness. I absolutely love your story. I love that you saw that, you want it changed and you yeah. want it, you know, because we have definitely grown up in a society that is constantly telling us, no, this is the path you need to go. And it's just not from our home environment. It's from society. It's from conditioning, from the TV and so on saying, this is, you know, you get the, the, the nine to five, you get the, the, the house and the yeah. park garage and the 2.1 kids and the dog and all that. <laughs> yeah. And this is the dream that everyone, this is the dream that society is telling everyone to have, yeah. mm -hmm. but you was able to notice this and say, you know what, I'm going to get up and go. And now I'm going to give up the safety net of this nine to five job. And I'm going to go ahead and create my own business. I'm yeah. going to create something from what I want to do. So mm -hmm. I want to applaud you for that because it's not easy, you know, no, it's not no. easy because the safety net is the nine to five. We know that it's going to give us that paycheck every week and then, yeah. you know, getting up and just moving and then <laughs> and, and starting our own business. Oh my goodness. Just an, an applause. And it's also an you. inspiration. You're welcome. It's also an inspiration to know that, you know, it is possible. I know? do. I think I, I mean, my reason for coming on here and I've done some other podcasts is I think I never thought I would be an inspiration, but I want to tell people that it is possible. You know, I think I was probably in a privileged position because my parents were here. So I was a bit safer than if I just yeah. decided to go and live, you know, but I quite quickly got my own place and, you know, and I started my business. So, you know, I've been independent from them for a long time, but I... I do think it is possible if you have something that you really love. You know, we hear this all the time, do a job that you love and people think it's not possible, but I think it is. If you really put your mind to it, you can. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. 
And so the reason why you are here today is yeah. we can talk about the art of seasoning. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, you know, um, this is a very important art. This is a very important art because when you go to the supermarket right now, I am currently plant-based, so I don't eat meat, but I'm just going to okay. use meat as a reference. I've, mm-hmm. I've been plant-based for um two years, but I still do cook meat because my family still eats meat. This was just a personal choice of mine. Yeah. But you, know, you go into the supermarket and mm-hmm. you buy your piece of chicken or you buy your piece of or whatever, or you buy your mm-hmm. vegetables. And now, you know, you have, need to take it from this raw piece of chicken and now make it flavorful. Yes. Flavorful. And I can say, I, you know, I spent a very large part of my life, you know, by saying, oh, I don't cook. I can't cook. That's not my thing. You know, um, maybe, but for probably multiple reasons, not maybe being taught, you know, yeah. what because the art of cooking has definitely been lost in this um the the generation because once they started making tv dinners in the 60s and making everything quick and fast and fast food um restaurants on every single corner you mm-hmm. know families have you know we have now a couple of generations of families just understanding how they just get things fast and quick so the art of cooking has really truly been lost throughout Mm -hmm. the past couple of generations Mm -hmm. so that's one reason me being intimidated by the um kitchen but probably not saying it you know so multiple Mm -hmm. reasons why I just didn't show up in the kitchen Mm -hmm. um I was lucky enough a few years ago I did take a free culinary arts class and um and I started to get comfortable in the kitchen so even though I did take this culinary arts class you know it went very quick and fast every class yeah lesson okay today we're doing this today we're doing that but you truly learn how to cook from cooking yeah (laughs) oh yeah not from taking a class, you know, you mm. know, you could take the class, but you, if you're not practicing the skills, you're not, you know, yeah. so, so, um, I feel like I'm tangering off by, I am, but that's what I do, but no, I like this. I love hearing about this class. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, but I can say what I did benefit from the class. I, I don't remember in almost, I don't really remember any of the skills, but what I do remember is that I got comfortable in the kitchen. I was able to say, oh, this is all you had to do. I've been running away from the kitchen. This is all I needed to do. <laughs> but maybe the class was the thing you needed. So even though, you know, yeah. it, you know, you don't necessarily take everything from the class, but maybe it just was the little step that got you back into the kitchen or got you yeah, into the kitchen. Got yeah. me into the kitchen. Got you into the kitchen. <laughs> just to start. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the difference between, you know, one person cooking one meal, you know, two people could cook the exact same meal, but the difference yep. is the, the, um, the flavor profile, the seasoning. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to focus on the art of seasoning or the, the art of seasoning with, today, with today's episode. Yes. Yeah. So can you give me your description of what the art of seasoning is? So for me, the art of seasoning is it it is as simple as making something taste better. So taking those basic ingredients, as you mentioned, and just enhancing the flavor. So that is what we want to do with really good seasoning. You want to enhance the flavor of what is already a delicious ingredient normally, but there are Mm -hmm. lots of ingredients that need it. 
um, because they won't necessarily have that much flavor or we need to bring the flavor out of them. So there are certain types of seasonings that will do this and we'll talk about that. But I suppose the art of good seasoning is to learn when to use what's you know the certain seasonings with different things um mm. and to combine different seasonings for certain things as well so that makes it sound more complicated than it is yeah. i think there are sort of a couple of basics that you can that we'll talk about um that everybody can learn and put into practice in their cooking and it will elevate all of your ingredients and in your meals i think yes to elevate yeah yeah so what is your key to making a flavorful dish? Do you have a key? So my key is to start with the base ingredient that I want and then uh, work out what seasoning is going to work best with that. So say you want to make something like chicken, what mm. is going to make that flavorful? I think for me, the key is to start with a good base ingredient and then figure out what is going to be the best seasoning for that. Um mm. Take something like another really good example is um, do you ever make scrambled eggs? Um, I have in the past, yes. <laughs> yeah, I suppose if you're plant-based, you won't be making yeah. them. But if you make scrambled eggs and just put eggs in a pan and have them just on their own, they'll not have any flavor at all or very little yeah. flavor. It's, well, it's not very nice. Mm -hmm. If you add fat and salt to those eggs, it will take it to a whole other level. So do not scrimp on lots of butter and lots of salt. And the difference in those scrambled eggs is, it's unbelievable. Try that. Try, you know, with your family, give them one set of scrambled eggs with no seasoning and the other set of scrambled eggs with lots of butter and salt. And oh my goodness, unbelievable. There's so many examples of it. You need like corn, corn on the cob. That, that you know, imagine that, that corn on the cob, just plain, oh, you know, add lots of spice and salt and butter. It's delicious. Mm, definitely a great example, like with the eggs. Definitely. Oh, you yeah. know, you kept saying a base ingredient. Can you clarify what a base ingredient is? So, for example, if you decide you want to make uh, corn in the cob, that would be your base ingredient. You think, right, I really want to make a good corn for dinner tonight. That is your base ingredient. Or okay. you decide so you want... Chicken. Yeah, or the chicken, or you decide you want salmon, or, you know, you think of whatever it is that you want, the, the main sort of ingredient or your base ingredient for the meal, and then work around that, decide what you're going to add to elevate the meal. Yeah. So now you say fat is really important. What is fat? So fat will be anything like, you could have fat that's already part of your base ingredient. So think of, uh, again, for a plant-based person, this is probably the not, not the best example, but a really good steak. You'll see the marble defect through a steak. If you have that marble defect, that is fat. That is what you're saying in there. And that will make your steak delicious and juicy and add that extra delicious taste um yeah. fats can also be anything like well the butter oils um you'll get fatty fish so things like salmon and sardines and things like that will have a higher fat content in them too and that just all adds to a stronger tastier flavor for us it's something that we love as humans mm -hmm. fat and sugar are things that we needed from you know in history way back to you know 
trying mm-hmm. to think when prehistory you know we've always needed to have those two things those are the things our bodies need we also need salt so you know we don't want too much salt but we literally cannot survive as humans without salt you need salt for your functions to work for your bodily functions to work and for everything to work properly so you definitely need salt too don't cut it out completely don't want too much of it but it's the same with anything in moderation don't want too much fat don't want too much salt you know okay we definitely going to hit salt in a minute but i just wanted to clarify on fat so fat is definitely butter and oil so when you sit hear someone say add some fat to it that's Mm -hmm. butter and oil or just knowing when you're cooking your food you know if you want it to be more flavorful which Mm -hmm. is true because otherwise it's kind of dry a lot of times if yeah if you don't add that butter or oil then Mm -hmm. the pan is sticking the food is yeah so think about for for you as well something like really good coconut oil works well as for um cooking anything because it's it's sort of flavorless so if you want something that is a good all-around plant-based cooking oil a coconut oil is good um what else would i use things like sesame oil for a lot of chinese cooking's delicious if you make a stir fry with sesame oil you'll that'll get the fat plus you'll get that sort of I want to talk about this later, but you'll get that extra flavor from the the sesame flavor too. So yeah, that's a good, another good seasoning. Okay. So when cooking, always have your fat ready to go, which is going to be your butter or your oil to help Mm -hmm. enhance the flavoring to your food or help pull out the flavor within your food. Think of how delicious an avocado is. Yeah. How that feels in your mouth when you eat an avocado. It's that creamy delicious taste there's it's such high fat content in an avocado so you want to think about good fats so maybe not so much your vegetable oils but things like you know really good um extra virgin olive oil avocado coconut oil all those are good alternatives if you want to avoid butter or um vegetable oil so think of good fats too and they're still just as nice and make things just as tasty Yeah. And so also at the beginning, you had described the steak. So when someone's cooking meat, it's, you know, good to pick a piece of meat where it has the fatty pieces around it, because then when you're cooking it, it's going to create all that oil in the Mm -hmm. pan or all that oil in the roasting Mm -hmm. pan, however way you're cooking it, which Mm -hmm. is going to help create that, that flavor. And then, um, I don't know if you do anything like, um, like black eyed peas, like in, in my household, we may do like, you know, black eyed peas, lima beans, collard greens and stuff like that. And yeah. a lot of times we'll put um smoked turkey neck or something like that, I guess as the fat to create yes. that flavoring within the pot of beans or the pot exactly. of collard greens. So it helps pull and enhance the flavoring. So that's the that fat. That's what you're doing. That You're adding a seasoning by adding that. Or say you yeah. added some. Adding that piece of meat is yeah. fat is adding the seasoning. Yeah. And you're also getting, say you added some bacon as well and fat, yeah. a good piece of fatty bacon would do the same. So quite yeah. often when I was growing up, my dad would make us, um, turnip I'm not sure if it's the same word in the states yeah, we use turnip. Turnip. Yeah, yeah 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 and my dad would have cooked that uh boiled it and then put some p- bacon in the pan and fried that and then added the pieces of boiled turnip into the pan and fried them off with the bacon oh my goodness so you've got there you've got the saltiness and the fattiness as well from the bacon bacon's a really good seasoning as well you can just add it to a salad or add it to mm-hmm. anything so yeah 
Okay. Okay. So this is a, a great start. So just being mindful, you know, if we're just, you know, we're, we're kind of a virgin at cooking and we want to get in the kitchen and just understand how to build a flavor profile, we need to understand how are we going to incorporate that fat? And mm -hmm. like you said, butter, oil, or a piece of meat that's going to create the, um, that's going to create the, the, the fattiness and, mm -hmm. and pull out those flavors. So this is such an excellent start. Mm -hmm. So now I, when I think of seasoning, I think of salt and pepper. Yeah. Salt and pepper, like, cause I feel like that's the standard. Like people may talk about adding all these other flavors. Oh, it's your cumin, mm -hmm. add this, add that. Yeah. But I feel like, I just personally feel like the base that in anybody's kitchen, you're yeah. always going to have salt and pepper. So can you break down like, first of all, salt, because I feel like it's almost different salts, like mm -hmm. iodine salt, sea yeah. salt, and all these different salts. Like, what's the difference? When do we use which, you know, different ones? And mm -hmm. if anyone's listening, get your pen and paper. So let's start to understand like the yes. salt. Yes. So the first thing I would say is, when you look at a recipe, it will quite often just say season. It will be a direction just by itself. And mm -hmm. that means add salt and pepper. So in the most basic terms, you are so right. You should always have salt and pepper in your kitchen. Every single thing you cook, pretty much talking about the scrambled eggs earlier, when you add your salt, as soon as they're cooked, put them on the plate and get some cracked, delicious, freshly cracked black pepper on there. And it'll, you know, just adds such gorgeous flavor. So coming back to the salt, we have different types of salt for different reasons. Um, I would use, and for me, it's mainly to do with a uh, budget and to do with, you know, good quality. You want to use good quality, but only in certain places. So say you're making a big, massive pot of pasta, making a big thing of spaghetti and you need to boil that. We need just really plain table salt, you don't need anything fancy for that. Just nice table salt that you can buy. Don't need anything fancy and you need a, quite a lot of it in your pasta water. Don't be afraid to make mm -hmm. it really nice and salty because that will work by osmosis sort of and go into the pasta and season the pasta via the water. Um, your next step up from that is something like a sea salt, which mm -hmm. will be more expensive, but you use it in different settings. So you would use it more sparingly. I would use that on my plate so I would have sea salt at the table um, you can get it where you have a you know a grinder and you can freshly grind it but it's not the same as pepper you don't really need to freshly grind salt you can just mm. get really nice flaky sea salt um, and it is more expensive but then you don't need to use it very much you would definitely not use that type of salt to put in your pasta water for example you would need a lot of it and it's a waste of really good salt mm -hmm. so just use a little bit sparingly on your salads or on your dish at once you get to the table and the key with salt is to taste 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 so because there's nothing worse than something with too much salt in it it's disgusting we don't like it you know we know yeah. what that tastes it's like oh you know it's like seawater yeah. we just it's not good so you just have to season lightly uh with salt and taste as you go along so if you've made a really nice dish and you know you taste it and you think mm, it's lacking a bit of salt just add it sparingly slowly mm -hmm. but surely and just be wary of things like um so the same rule goes for pasta water with rice with potatoes anything that you're boiling in lots of water you can go for it add lots of table salt that type of thing to cheap 
just easy good you know yeah. salt to that um salt also comes in different forms so say you buy have you ever bought little stock cubes you know or you buy stock or bouillon it's sometimes called uh, broth maybe oh, is it those like um like yeah I've never bought those like it's like those cubes of seasoning pretty much yeah that's a, that's it that's it and we would use those yeah. in sometimes in our soups it. Or yeah. stews, or you can add it to um casserole dishes or pies or whatever you're making. You can add a little bit of that. Some people add a little bit to pasta water, but they mainly go in soups and stews. They have a really high fat content or salt content already. So you have to be so careful when you're cooking with those not to add extra salt. Um, yeah. So that is another reason why we need to taste all the time. So if you're using shop bought stock or broth to enhance a dish, just double check when you use yeah. it. Don't don't add any extra salt. Um, same goes for something like soy sauce. So if you're making yeah, a delicious, definitely. gorgeous Chinese fit meal and you're adding your soy sauce, it is extremely salty. So you probably won't need to add any extra salt on top of that. You can also add salt with things like feta cheese or anchovies. I don't know if you like those types of things. They can add salt without you using actual salt. You know, you can add that on top of a salad and it'll just lift the whole thing just by adding that little bit of extra saltiness. So yeah, you can find salt in so many different forms. Um, yeah. olives are another option olives oh, are salty I love, love so them. yeah you can put that on top of something to add the saltiness mm-hmm. um okay yeah you know I had a question when you were talking um because you said be you know be mindful because so, you know you don't want to over salt something mm-hmm. if we do over over salt something how can, can we bring it back to recovery so there's certain things that you can say you have oversalted, for example, the beans you talked about earlier, if you've boiled those in too salty water, you can take, you can drain them and reboil them for a couple of minutes in fresh unsalted water. And that should take out some of that extra salt. Um, sometimes when we taste a dish that's already made and it's too salty, you can add some acid to that. I know we're going to talk about acid later, but you can add a little bit of lemon juice to yeah. something that's too salty already and that should help um there's another uh really good trick that my grandmother taught me for a soup or a stew that is too salty you can put in one potato and boil that mm. in the soup for 10 minutes and that draws in that extra salt and then you just throw away the potato or oh, you okay. know put it in your compost or whatever and that you know, that's why I may keep the potato. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I learned the trick. I learned the trick. I love this. Ah, so there you go. But yeah, an acid just on something. So a little bit of lemon juice sometimes can help recover it. Sometimes it's completely lost. I made a salt cod dish a couple of years ago um that was so gorgeous and so you know really beautiful tomato sauce and everything um and I'd bought the cod in the shop and I hadn't read the instructions properly and it was salt cod not just normal cod so okay. you're, you're meant to like steep it for 24 hours in water yeah, before yeah. You okay cook it. yeah okay yeah. Yeah. 
extremely salty. Yeah, you need to like boil that salt out. Yes. Okay. I haven't done that. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that one is salty. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness, boil it. it was okay. awful. It was awful. I just, it was just yeah. the whole meal was ruined, and I thought there was no coming back from that. I couldn't say that at all. But I think no. you have to go put it back in more water and just let it sit and <laughs> boil it out. But oh my goodness, yeah, that codfish. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like it's it's dried in. It you was just, to, yeah, yeah, it was really, oh, it was not nice at all. And I should have read the instructions, but yeah, <laughs> that was okay. a good lesson. Oh my God. Okay. So, um, okay. So this is, okay. We're getting off to a good start. Understanding the value of your fats, your butters, your oils, how that, how that will also enhance and bring rich in the flavor of your food. So mm -hmm. starting, starting out based off with the fats and butters, understanding that um, salt is important. And I like that, you know, you gave us like some recoveries from oversalting. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> over over salting our food be uh, giving us the mindfulness of being mindful that we can over salt the food and mm -hmm. to taste as we as we go up go along with it mm -hmm. um yeah so th this was really a really good start now when you were talking about um pepper you you mentioned pepper really quickly and you said mm -hmm. how we can crackle it or you know i guess we can <laughs> use some on um, pepper seasoning what's the yeah. difference like getting the pepper that's already um I guess in the seasoning um container like it's already yeah. down and then crackling it you know with the yeah <laughs> the yes yeah so I think for me um ground already ground black pepper gets a bad press I actually think it's okay and I think people are quite snobby about it and think oh no you must only use freshly cracked black pepper and I don't always agree with that sometimes that already ground stuff is really good depending on what dishes so I quite like it on pasta I shouldn't say that like as a foodie I should be only saying <laughs> to have freshly cracked but um I don't mind that type of pepper at all uh, usually it is cheaper as well so if you're on a budget just get this already ground stuff it's fine freshly mm -hmm. cracked is you know you're probably going to get more of a hit of flavor from it because it's freshly ground so you're just it's like freshly ground coffee you know yeah. it's it does what it says on the tin it's freshly ground so you're getting that immediate hit of pepper um but I don't think it is the be all and end all and that's probably going to get me in trouble for saying that but I think you can use you know as long as it's pretty good quality pepper and yeah. also a really good thing to remember is don't use any seasonings that are out of date. Salt, don't worry about that. There's no date on salt, but things like pepper, if they do have a date on them or other spices, it's usually because they will lose their flavor after that date. So, I mean, you can use them, you know, things, different sort of dried spices and things, you know, it's not going to cause you any trouble to use them, but it just, they won't be as good. So it will yeah. not give as much of a flavor or, um, you know, it will not season your food as well if it's out of date. So keep an eye on the dates on your spices in the drawer at home. Yeah. And, you know, anything that's, I mean, you could get away with a few months, but anything over a year old, get rid and get nice new stuff. Um, and also for pepper, there's different types of pepper as well. There's different types of pepper corn. So, um, 
you will see things like uh, green peppercorns. I don't know if you've ever cooked with those, but yeah, there's a really, really good, uh, again, this is not a plant-based thing. Sorry. This is a delicious. You could probably have it though with some veg. I'm trying to think what it might work well with. You can make a gorgeous green pepper sauce that goes amazingly with steak. So, uh, and it's like a fatty, delicious, buttery, peppery sauce with this green, these green, uh, peppercorns and it works really really well there's just a different it's like a tangy uh, flavor that comes from them as well as the pepper flavor and it works really well with steak uh, so yeah oh. so there's different types of pepper there's also a really it's become quite a sort of hip type of new pepper that's on the scene from Madagascar I don't know if you've ever heard of it no. really hard to pronounce unique so excuse me it's Votsipiferi pepper. I will put it, I will send you that after. And you can get it. uh, It's from Madagascar and usually it's hand harvested. Um, Mm. It is gorgeous. I don't know how to describe the difference in it, but there's just, I don't know. You, I would use it almost like in desserts as well as um, as savory food. Uh, You could get away with using it with them. I don't know if you've ever tried strawberries with cracked black pepper, but that is gorgeous. Wow. Yeah. Never even yeah. have something like that. Try oh, that. You are blowing me away. <laughs> Try <laughs> strawberries with a little bit of cracked black pepper and leave them to sit for a while and then have them. They are so gorgeous. And this new pepper, this is probably not new at all, but, you know, it's become sort yeah. of a la mode now um and I'll say I'll send you the name of it afterwards but it that works really well with something like strawberries or maybe in like a vanilla custard you could maybe put a tiny little bit of it in mm, it's gorgeous mm. well, okay so first of all I don't think I've heard of the green pepper before is it actually green when you look at it because you know how black pepper looks like black pepper yeah is it green pepper yeah Okay, yeah, so it's exactly the same little peppercorns, but they're green. green. And you can get there's lots of different types. I've seen red peppercorns. There's lots of different types of peppercorns. There's Sichuan peppercorns that you can buy for uh, Chinese cooking. Um, mm. There's loads of different types of peppers that we can use in our seasoning. And, you know, we're just used to using the black pepper, I think. But there's yeah. so many different varieties. So if you want to branch out and try something a bit new, um you can try lots of different ones and see what you think there's actually here in france in the supermarket they do um a pepper grinder with like five different peppercorns in it oh okay now i don't love that because it doesn't work with lots of things you know i think you need to separate them out depending on what on what you're cooking mm-hmm. uh, quite i just quite often would use the standard black pepper yeah. it's my favorite but um it can work for certain things for sure it's got more of a perfumed smell and flavor and i'm gonna have to now look up green pepper now does it only come as the whole peppercorn or does it come grounded as well too no you wouldn't get it ground i've never seen it ground only comes as the peppercorns and usually you have to steep them in water for a little bit before and soften them down to get the flavor out and then crush them and that's what you would use in the in the sauce um so yeah it's just you make sauce with it you don't like crack it no no okay Okay. Okay. So it's a difference. So this is going to make still, a sauce. Yeah, this is for sauce, okay. but still, yeah, it's still the same. 
mm. you know same same family it's a it's just a slightly different type of pepper and it, you would definitely use it for for certain dishes it just works so well because of that tangy flavor it- just a, an extra seasoning that just it just brings something new to just elevates your dish there's another wow. <laughs> okay Oh, wow. This is so good. And then the one for Madagascar. Now, is that one going to be one we can crack or? Okay. So that one's going to be one you can crack. Okay. And so this is good to, you know, uh, that we can start to venture and look out for other peppers besides the cracked black pepper that we have. Um, oh, so this is really, really good information. I learned so much. And then I'm going to also have to try the strawberries and crack black pepper do you know what it also works really well on on uh melon if you like melon cracked black Mm, pepper on melon a little kick to it okay nice so good so so good okay so okay so we got the basics we got the understanding around salt we Mm -hmm. got the understanding around pepper and those are like two key um seasonings that we want to use in almost any dish that we we cook are there any other seasonings that you know kind of like basic seasons that you want to touch upon Mm -hmm. as well too yeah, so I would always have, there's a few that I always have in my spice drawer. So I've loads and loads of spices. I usually have everything you could possibly imagine in terms of spice and spice mixes. Um, but the things that I always have are smoked paprika. So not just paprika on its own, but the smoked version. I just find that that smoky flavor works really well with certain dishes. I also have oregano we say but I think you guys say oregano oregano Oregano. yes always have that uh I always have a really good curry powder so curry powder is one that again it's better to spend a little bit more and get a good curry powder or curry paste Mm -hmm. uh, is all even better if you could buy a good curry paste and Mm -hmm. I also love um Jamaican jerk seasoning so I'll nearly always have some of that or I will have the ingredients to make my own pretty much and the same with curry I'll Mm -hmm. have either the paste or I'll have the spices I need to make those so they would be the four I would probably always have because I quite often Mm -hmm. use those in my cooking but yeah I've got pretty much every spice (laughs) Oh, nice. Okay, so yeah. um, all of these are familiar seasonings to me. Yeah, I'm sure it may be familiar seasonings to anyone mm-hmm. listening. So smoked paprika, oregano, curry powder, or curry paste, and jerk mm-hmm. seasoning. Yeah. Now, we obviously don't want to use the, like salt and pepper we can use with almost any dish we cook, mm-hmm. but obviously we don't want to use this in every dish we cook. So mm-hmm. can you kind of break down when we would want to use each one? Because I don't, mm-hmm. I, I, I personally wouldn't, if I'm cooking sp- spaghetti I'm not going to use smoked paprika maybe you do I don't know um, no not with spaghetti I wouldn't yeah, no. so so you know someone may I, agree. I agree someone that's like a complete virgin in the kitchen may buy okay these uh-huh. are the key ingredients and then they start putting smoked paprika in there <laughs> yeah. the and they're like oh I don't know well, if I like the way this tastes so yeah. we can just break down like when we would want to use each one so like smoked paprika what dishes would you want to use that one in or what, what would be the purpose of that one so smoked pa- paprika for me works really well with anything cheesy. So say you make, um, like, have you ever had a smoked cheddar, that type of thing? Um, when you buy cheddar cheese, that's already smoked or you buy like, um, I'm trying to think there's other, you can buy sometimes nice mozzarella that's smoked. Um, mm-hmm. So no, never. 
it usually works really well anything smoky works well with cheese so think of things like if you ever made like a hot sandwich with cheese and ham and that type of thing and I would always add a little sprinkle of smoked paprika in that and it just is delish something like mac and cheese you could add a little bit of smoked paprika to that if you like a smoky flavor if you don't you know it's we want like a smoky flavor Okay. Yeah, but anything cheesy, it works really well with. I also love it in chicken dishes. I would add smoked paprika to uh, maybe a tomatoey, cheesy chicken dish. Mm-hmm. Anything where there's a bit of extra fat and, you know, from the cheese and, you know, like a hot sandwich or something. I, we also have a thing here, an omelette. It works really well in a cheesy omelette. It works well in, we have galette here, they're called in France, and they're made with buckwheat. So if you ever have uh, like a big buckwheat pancake and you would, we would add um, ham and cheese and maybe even crack an egg into it and put it in the pan. And I would put my smoked paprika on that and then fold it up. And, oh, mm-hmm. it's very good. <laughs> okay. So smoked paprika, when you just want to bring a smokiness to mm-hmm. the dish. So, um, so like if you're cooking a piece of salmon and you want it to have a smokiness to it, you would put the smoked paprika on it. Yes, I've never had it on salmon, but yes, it probably would work with that. What else came to me there? So say meatballs, like pork, sort of like pork and pepper meatballs, you know, like red peppers and mm-hmm. all that. You could add a little bit into that type of dish. It would be delicious. Yeah. Okay. And then also play in the kitchen, kind of figure yeah. out where your taste buds are at. And, yeah. you know, even if you don't have smoked paprika and you want to figure out where it works in your kitchen, yeah. just play just play this is what it is all about so the whole point of seasoning is to make your dishes nicer so use things that you love like I love smoked paprika because I love a smoky taste my husband on the other hand hates it so he you know if I'm making the galettes I'll not put smoked paprika in his he just doesn't like it so think about what you love um try a little bit you know don't write it off immediately make yeah. a hot sandwich and add a little bit just at one end and try it and see what you think yeah. um same goes for all seasoning taste 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 no matter which one it is give mm-hmm. it a try give it a try yeah and that's a good point to make that you know you're like oh my god I love smoked paprika but your husband is definitely yeah. not a fan of it so you know don't also yeah like you said like try 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 because you know mm. You just never, ever know what's going to work for you. And if it doesn't, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And this is the fun of it. I Try it. And it's fun to try these things. Seasonings are great because none of them are very expensive. We're not going to waste too much. You know, if you buy a little thing of smoked paprika, it's not too expensive. And if you don't love yeah. it, you can pass it on to, you know, someone else in your family who likes it. Or, you know, it's, you're not going to spend too much to try these different things you know which is really good very nice okay so oregano when would we want to use that one yeah so I use that for anything anything Italian basically so anytime I'm making a good pasta sauce uh, I'll add a little bit of oregano in Um, anytime I make pizzas you can actually put a little bit of it in the pizza dough if you want. You can just okay. put it straight into the dough and that works well. Or your pasta, your pizza sauce, you know, the tomato sauce base that you yeah. put on. Mm-hmm. So anything like yeah. that, like Italian sauce, you know, oregano mm-hmm. works really well. I'll always put it in. 
Okay. And then um, curry powder. Yeah, so a curry powder for me just is for your standard, a really good curry. You need curry powder, you know, you need to have that. It also works for, so a curry paste um, is a slightly better option only because you have, I, I think it's done in oil. So you've got that extra fat and the spices are, um, I don't know what it is about it that makes that better. Uh, I just know that I prefer the flavor that comes from a curry paste to um, a dried curry powder. Um, and I don't know why that is. It must be something to do with how it's preserved, how the spices are preserved in that paste that makes the flavor come out a little bit better. Um, it's the same with those types of stock cubes or those broth cubes I talked about earlier. You can buy the dried versions, but you can also get little pots of concentrate stock or broth that work better, I think, because they're not dry, you know. So have a, always have a look for if you can get a, just a slightly... Um, you know, like a paste or a concentrate version. Um, but yeah, that curry powder works really, really well in obviously curries. I would quite often have it in, um, you can add it to coleslaw. I don't know if you've ever had a curried coleslaw, but it no, works really heard. well in that. It's delish. You can add a few raisins in as well and curried raisin coleslaw is lovely. You can have it with eggs if you've ever made deviled eggs where you take oh, out the okay. yolk yeah. and you can add a little double egg okay yeah you can add a little bit of curry powder to that as well um chicken and mayo with a little bit of curry for a spat sandwich filling is delicious yeah just it works for so many things curry it's gorgeous now do you have are you able to describe a flavor profile for curry because it's not you know uh, uh, you know I almost feel like, you know, it is maybe someone likes curry or they don't like curry mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. to kind of understand what the flavor profile is. So I think for curry, it doesn't have to be hot necessarily. So if you love spicy food, um, a curry is not always going to be spicy or hot necessarily. It should, however, be warming. There should be warming spices in it. Yeah. So you should feel that lovely warming flavor in your mouth. Um it should be really savory, obviously. Uh, sometimes there is a little bit of cinnamon in it and you'll get a warming feel from the cinnamon. Um, but generally it's uh, quite, a, it should be quite a strong flavor, I think. Um, I'm trying to think where else you might get that type of flavor. Um, well, a lot of Caribbean dishes would have the curry flavoring on it. Yeah, so yeah. like Caribbean foods, yeah, you know, um, curry would be the way to go if you are looking to yeah. Caribbean taste okay yeah. so um and then the last one you have on your list even though there are many more seasonings <laughs> yes there's so but, many but we're just kind of giving a baseline like if you yeah. want to start play in the kitchen and um and start to play with the seasoning so you don't have the yeah. same meal all the time because the great thing about the seasonings that you've listed you can take the same meal and constantly change it so yeah. you can take that piece of chicken and one day have a curry chicken one day have mm -hmm. you know a jerk chicken oh, well mm -hmm. let's talk about jerk jerk now the jerk one yeah so jerk seasoning is originally from jamaica and the reason it they called it that it was the process of putting holes into their meat and covering it with spice and that process was called so they put holes in the meat that they wanted to cook so oh, the they meat. Would, oh, okay okay yeah yeah so they would cook they would put holes in it and then spread the spice 
whatever spices they were using so that it would go into the holes in the meat yeah. and get the flavor right into it and that process was called jerking and then that became wow. the jerk spice so that's where it's from and the process is still called that actually as well but that's where that has come from and the spice mix there's so many flavors in jerk seasoning so it is just you have like an all-round flavor profile with jerk seasoning that's why I love it it's not just one type of spice you've got like garlic powder in there you've everything loads of different things and I would use that with uh so I would definitely do jerk chicken salmon um and it's also really good on corn on the cob buttery roasted jerk corn on the cob is gorgeous on the barbecue (laughs) oh nice okay and then to me when I think of jerk seasoning I think of spicy yeah um, yeah yeah so it for someone um that likes that kick in that spice mm-hmm. that's where you would go towards the jerk but if you're not necessarily a person that likes mm-hmm. all of that intense spice yeah they may want to stay away from the jerk seasoning I'm depends saying. as well unique so what we can do with that is make our own so if you um sometimes you'll see on a um you know, a bottle or a a jar of seasoning, you'll see how hot it is. They'll usually have an indicator on the yeah. label. Um, so you might be able to get a jerk seasoning that isn't too spicy or, or hot. But if that is going to be an issue for you, you can make your own. There are so many recipes for jerk seasoning online and you can just take out the chili flakes. So usually it's chili flakes that are then yeah. grinding you can just take those out and use the rest and it'll still be delicious. So making your own spice mixes is amazing. If you are interested in doing this, if you don't want to buy, you know, a mix that's already there, do your own. I have made so many um, different mixes of spices that I love. And my favorite one to do myself actually is for Mexican cooking. So things like fajitas, you quite often get a ready-made mix to do those. When you do your own, I don't know what it is about doing it yourself, but it just is. I don't know whether, I don't know what it is, but try doing your own. And there's so yeah. many recipes online. Just look up jerk seasoning mix and find out what's in it and then do it yourself. And, you know, it's really mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Well, thank you for that reminder, because a lot of times, you know, especially in today's society where we're living in this microwave generation, we want everything yeah. already done for us. Mm-hmm. So if we're looking for a jerk seasoning, a curry seasoning, a adoba, or whatever the seasoning may be, mm-hmm. we go in the store and we buy it already pre-made. Mm-hmm. But we do have the option to gather the seasonings ourselves and customize it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So thank you for the reminder that that is an option because yeah. I know it's an option now, but like I said, just a few years ago when I wasn't in the kitchen at all, I wouldn't have known that this was an option. I went, what do you mean put my seasonings together? Mm-hmm. But you can put your seasonings together. You don't just buy Adobe Mix in the supermarket. You can create your own Adobe. Blend. Yeah. And the same goes for an ingredient in that mix that you might not like. So there's some North North African cooking that I love, but quite often there is cinnamon in it. And I don't like a cinnamon taste. 
mm-hmm. in a meat dish. It just, it doesn't work for me. I love cinnamon with sweet things, yeah. but I don't love it in savory dishes. So I will quite often make a mix up and not put the cinnamon in where if you buy a Moroccan spice mix, for example, it will often have it already in there. So it works well for, you know, if there's things that you don't like and you need to remove. Um, it does mean that it's more expensive to make up the mix because you'll be buying all the different spices to do that. Yeah. But then you have them in your repertoire for after you've got all these things that you can use again and think yeah. of, you know, rather than making it up once, then you've got the ingredients to make it up lots of times. If you really love it, you can try it, keep, do it again and again and again. Yeah. And also you just have the seasoning. So when you're making whatever dish you're making, you'd be like, I don't want this whole blend, but I just want to use the cumin or Mm -hmm. I just want to use this part. I really like this flavor because all of our taste buds are so different. Mm -hmm. And so what works, you you may figure out like, that's that one key ingredient in that that I've been loving and you can create it. So we have options. We definitely have options. We do. Mm-hmm. And I, for seasoning as well, something that's so important is it, because of that elevation of ingredients, I think that is so key. You asked me earlier what the key was, and I think another key part to all of this is heat. So when you roast something, when you barbecue it, when you fry it, you know, when you add heat, that creates its own type of seasoning. If you've ever had those little blackened bits on corn on the cob. Yeah they're so tasty, you know, or if you've made, you know, roasted vegetables in the oven and you get the little crackly bits that have been roasted, they're so tasty. That is a seasoning in itself. It's like, you know, just happens. Um, And for lots of different types of roasted vegetables or roasted meat, you can add any of those seasonings and it will just, just try it. Just add a bit of, you know, curry to your cauliflower before you put it into the oven with a bit of fat yeah. bit of olive oil and the difference that makes to your cauliflower like it is so mm-hmm. so good so once you start there's so many different flavor combinations that you can use with so for vegetables I mean you must be in plant-based you must have explored all the different things you can do with veg a lot of the time yeah. and the different seasonings that work well yeah. Yeah. And, and and yeah, thank you so much for all of these reminders that, you know, just bringing awareness that it's okay to go past the salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay to explore with the seasonings. Um, reminder that the fat is important because yeah. there's a big difference between just throwing seasoning on the cauliflower or yeah. But throwing fat on the cauliflower, then mm-hmm. throwing the seasonings, it's a completely different cauliflower. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. Um, you're going to have the moisture and, and it's mm. going to be extra where if you don't put the, the fat on it, you're just going to have a burnt dry. <laughs> yeah, it would not be good. <laughs> yeah. So how important that fat is. So mm. now let's talk about acids. So we, we got yes. what that is, what, you know, acids. So acids, we need acids again to make our food uh, palatable for us. So um, if you have ever had anything that's really fatty, Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking of fried food, for example, it is delicious. It's so, you know, tasty and creamy in our mouths. We love it. 
but quite often we will want to cut through that fat with some acid. So with fried fish and things like that, we'll quite often add some lemon juice uh, mm. and it just helps to make that food brighter and cleaner in our mouths. We love that like in the UK. So I'm from Ireland, from Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. uh, which is part of the UK. And we love fish and chips there. And quite often we'll have vinegar on that. It's malted vinegar and that is an acid and it just enhances the flavor of the fish and chips. So we'll put salt and vinegar. So there we have our salt and our acid. And those that flavor combination just enhances it so much. So we, we want to use it to make... You'll notice when something is perfectly acidic to the way that you like it when it feels nice and bright and clean in your mouth that's what that does that's what we like about it um we can use it to soften the flavors of some foods so if you've ever had uh what would be the the way we would describe that so if you've ever got a red onion it's quite a strong flavor a red onion and say you want to use that on a salad or as a garnish on a burger maybe and mm-hmm. you can soften the flavor of that by just chopping the onion and putting it in some vinegar. So some white wine vinegar over it or a bit of red wine vinegar and just leave it for 15 minutes. And the mm-hmm. vinegar, the acid in that vinegar will break down the strong pungent flavor of the onion. You'll still have the delicious sweetness of the onion, but it just won't yeah. be strong. So we can use it in that way and you can have those beautiful pickled onions really quick pickled onions on your burger or on your whatever straight 15 minutes and the job is done um you can use it so imagine your tomatoes in a pasta sauce that's an acid we love that we love that tomatoey flavor um we use it also sometimes to cook from within so imagine like rice wine vinegar in a delicious Chinese meal you would quite often use the vinegar directly into the sauce mm-hmm. uh, when you're cooking and we also use it as a garnish think of you know your salad dressings all that type of stuff there's always some sort of acid whether it's vinegar or lemon juice you know we will all be using it in pretty much a lot of our meals there'll be some sort of acidic quality in there yeah okay so this is great to know so um forms of acid it are lemon yeah and tomatoes those are three different forms of there are three different forms I mean there's lots more um there are probably lots lots of other things I'm not thinking of that where you would get it but um anything citrusy so you know anything any type of citrus fruit it wouldn't just be um Lemons, but these you know, like the, the core basics, like once we I start so. the kitchen, yeah. play a little bit more. And like you were saying, yeah. when, now you let's go back to the beginning when you were saying with your fried food, you mm. like to add an acid. And mm. so you're adding the vinegar. When are you adding this vinegar? So once you have your food on your plate and you're about to eat it, it's piping hot. It's there in front of you and you just put a little bit of vinegar on it. That is when I would have it. Or your lemon juice. So imagine your fried chicken. It's just on your plate and then you just get a little bit of lemon juice and put it over or your fried fish. Uh, We like it with a little bit of malt vinegar. Um, Mm. That is when I would put that on. It's as a garnish, as a last minute addition. Okay. Um, I've never done this. I mean, I squirt lemon on a lot of my food. So yeah. I think it's my finishing touch. So that's like yeah. my 
it. And it kind of also, I feel the lemon pulls the flavors together, but you know. So uh, acid is another seasoning. It will, that is what it's doing. It's going to enhance the flavor. It's going to make it brighter and cleaner. Think of a gorgeous paella. We will mm -hmm. often put lots of lemon juice on paella mm -hmm. because it just enhances the flavor. So that salt and that acid works together to create a sort of umami flavor which is this is what I wanted to talk about as well it is the fifth taste that we as human beings can sense um umami and it is the marriage of salt and acid together a marriage of salt and acid okay yeah. thank you um if we're saying that because I have been seeing like I follow different people like on Instagram and I you know mm -hmm different foodies and stuff and it's like oh the umami I've I've been hearing it yes like it is I'm, the new thing yeah I, but I'm like thinking like it's a it's a flavor we buy in the supermarket like do you can you buy this in the jar in the supermarket umami? well funnily enough I literally just the other day bought some umami paste and I have yet to use it um mm -hmm. but I can already feel my taste buds <laughs> you know I can feel the my mouth watering you get the umami flavor it's a Japanese word and it comes from things like tomato products tomato products sorry we say tomato <laughs> so you get it from tomato products mushrooms or another source of umami flavor for us meat broths certain cheeses yeast extra extract mm -hmm. so I don't know if you use nutritional yeast as your plant-based you'll use that that has an umami flavor for us so they're in your salad dressings I don't know if you ever put your your nutritional yeast in a salad dressing that Sometimes will... I just kind of sprinkle it on top of my vegetables oh, yeah. when I finish, and it kind of also pulls the flavors together. Um, so there you are. There you are not even realizing you're using yeah. um umami. You're getting the fifth taste. <laughs> so wait a minute. So if me putting nutritional yeast, that is an umami just by itself. Yeah. So it's saying, but you said it's like a marriage between salt and acid. So because that nutritional yeast has a, a saltiness to it and an acidity to it already. Okay. It's the same with tomatoes. Certain tomato products will have that. So think of ketchup. It has an acidic flavor it, for us, uh -huh. a sweet flavor too, but it also has the saltiness. So anything with sort of the, both of those flavors has umami for us that's so what that's what umami's considered that's what it means it's that when you get that mixture of both and it makes your taste buds makes you, your mouth start to water mm -hmm. um and we can use that mix so you can buy it um and i would i'm not sure yet i haven't used it where i don't know where i'm going to use it yet but i'm imagining in things like stews where i want to add a depth of flavor Probably in a pasta dish, a really tomatoey pasta dish, I might add a little bit extra, just a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to enhance. This is the thing. It's not going to overpower. It's not going to take over the dish. It's the same with your acids. You know, we don't want anything too acidic. We don't like that. But just a little bit just enhances the flavor of everything. This is the key. This is the art of seasoning. We just want just lift your base okay. ingredients to something better. Okay. So you were saying like when you're like, I've never had, when I ate fish and chicken, I never like put vinegar. I never even thought to do vinegar, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, on top of, you know, my fried food also, yeah. I almost, like it may get wet. Like, you know, I don't well, yeah. 
you know, uh, to get soggy. Now, would you use the vinegar um, anywhere else? Like, um, like, because a lot of times it, I feel like we may wash our food with vinegar. So then I don't know if the flavoring is picking, the acid is being picked up, like, you know, soak your, you know, whatever, like, you know, your meat in some vinegar or mm-hmm, splash mm-hmm. some vinegar, like before you cook it or things like that. It, would that be considered adding the acid at that time as well too? So that wouldn't necessarily be for seasoning. So whenever it tells you to uh, put something, put some vinegar on a meat before you would cook it, it's to break down and make it more tender. Vinegar yeah. as an acid will break down. So it's the same with the, okay. on, the onion. It breaks down and neutralizes that strong flavor. And it will do the same with things like chicken. It will break it down a bit and make it a bit more tender. I don't necess- I don't tend to do that. Um, mm. Have you ever made buttermilk chicken? So usually fried chicken is done with buttermilk first. And, yeah. and so butter, yeah. buttermilk is acidic. Mm-hmm. It is an acidic thing. And that's what that's why... If you leave chicken, you know, gorgeous chicken drumsticks and buttermilk overnight and then fry them, mm-hmm. they will just, the chicken will, have, you know, will have broken down and become so tasty and delicious. And that is the acid in that buttermilk that's working on the chicken. So that in terms of, you know, it's not necessarily a seasoning in those cases. It's it's used in a different way, but it still enhances mm-hmm. the flavor of the food. So I suppose we would say it's a seasoning, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just a, it's from within rather than adding it on top. Okay, so okay, and I feel like there was a Netflix series like a few years ago where it was like, what was this? I can't think of the you, name. I know what it is, and I'm going to yeah, show it was, you because I brought was, it with. I brought it with me to show you. It was fat salt. What, what's the name of it? Oh, I've fat, got it. Salt, fat acid heat. Okay. Oh, that was the, that's the name of the series. Yeah, and this is the book. This is it. So I was having a flick through this beforehand uh, before I spoke to you because this is the Bible when it comes to learning about seasoning and why these things are so important. Um, And each section tells you, you know, the uses of salt and the fat and the acid and the heat and why and gives you the whole breakdown of the science as well as when to use it and different guides and... Mm -hmm. Um, it is an unbelievable book. So if you're interested in, in learning more about seasoning, definitely it's one. If you love cookbooks, which I do, I have probably about a hundred of them. <laughs> it is a masterpiece in learning about those things. So yeah, definitely a good one. And just so, so useful, I think, because it will help you take those base ingredients to something better for sure. Okay, so would you always want to have salt, fat, acid, and heat in every dish? Would that be a goal? No, no, for, oh, okay. definitely not. So we're going to uh, only add the things that we want to add. You know, we wouldn't want to add heat to a salad, for example. You wouldn't want to roast. Well, you could add roast yeah. some things. direction you want to go. So I recently made a, the most delicious salad. It was so gorgeous and it had all four elements, all those things that we love. And I think, you know, it tasted, um, it had a sort of a mammy taste for me because of the marriage of the ingredients. So I didn't add any of those umami things I mentioned, but the mixture of, so I had onjiva, which is like a chicory uh, salad leaf, which is quite bitter. And then it had burrata, which is uh, that creamy mozzarella that you can buy. 
and it had coppa, which is like jambon cru, so like a really nice salty ham, and then some clementine, and the two types of clementine, so fresh little segments of clementine, and then some roasted clementine, which sounds really weird. Uh, you've had to cut it in slices with the skin on and then roast it with some salt and olive oil in the oven. But when it came out, it was like really crispy and sweet, but you had the acid. Uh, oh, it was just gorgeous. And that salad mixture together, you had the bitterness from the leaves, the saltiness from the ham, uh, the sweet flavor, you know, of the clementines. And then you had the heat of, you just had the mixture, so the acidity. of that book. You know, the salt, the fat, the acid. And Everything. The and the umami fit taste because it was, you know, that marriage of acid and salt was both, both of those things were in there too. Plus the dressing that I added, you know, I added some of the clementine juice to the dressing, yeah. uh, salt, you know, the olive oil, the fats, the burrata, the cheese. Oh my God. It was, um, it was unbelievable. So yeah. Wow. If, okay. Just, it's you know, so there's ways of combining yeah. all of them together, but yeah. it won't always you won't always you don't need them all but when you do yeah. get them all it's pretty spectacular <laughs> you know we quickly can we just touch on sugar because we mm. didn't really talk about sugar and sometimes I'll take like if I feel like I need something extra to my food I'll just mm. throw a splash of sugar into the um yeah. into the pan or whatever yeah. you know um can you talk on sugar quickly yeah, I mean, there's so many different types of sugar and sweetener and sugar alternatives. And um, sugar is a touchy subject for me because I shouldn't have very much sugar, but I love it and I have a very sweet tooth. Um, so I'm trying to find alternatives at the minute uh, to sugar because I need to, you know, I need to stop having so much of it. It's so it makes things so tasty again from you know prehistoric man times we needed to go out and find sugar we needed sugar to survive we needed the energy to go and hunt it's something that our bodies need and want and it's got completely dysregulated because we can get it so readily now we can get sugar anywhere um but it will enhance the flavor of things and even savory foods sometimes like you say lots of tomato based sauces will tell you to add you know a teaspoon of sugar in to you know maybe to just reduce the acidity of the tomatoes yeah. a little bit um quite often in lots of thai and chinese cooking we'll add a little bit of tamarind paste or you know something sweet you know into into like agave syrup or whatever you get or maple syrup you know think of yeah. that mixture of delicious pancakes with bacon and maple syrup you know you there yeah. you go you have the fat salty and sweet. salt sugar oh you know it's just so good so uh, there's definitely a time and a place, but I think uh, sugar is something we need to be careful of. Um, yeah, because we just have so much of it, and we yeah. are, it's so readily available. And I think trying to find alternatives, things like agave syrup to add, you know, to you know, I'm sure there's other there's things like xylitol and stuff. I've looked into this. I need to find better alternatives. I don't want the aspartame, the you know, the aspartame or whatever it's called. I don't want that that stuff. It's not good. Sorbitol, all those, you know, um chemical versions of sugar. I don't want those, but there's definitely ways around it. Honey's a really good one to use in dressing. Uh honey's a really nice thing in a dressing, just a 
add a little bit of sweetness without using processed sugar um you know there's ways around it and it definitely does enhance our meals we love it you know everybody loves sweet stuff you know I feel like when I add sugar to a dish or something let's say I'm just making some um some some fried rice or something I feel like I I never add like a lot I don't put like a sugar I just almost do like a splash we sprinkle like maybe take the saltiness like I almost feel like it kind of balances it out like mm-hmm. I almost feel like if it's a little too salty or if it's a little too much heat mm-hmm. the sugar will help balance it out for me where it's not too yeah. much of something like if I feel like if I put too much of something I'll put the sugar yeah. I don't know if it feels like almost like a neutralizer yeah and it will it will enha- it will it is a flavor enhancer as well it's like salt it will bring out the flavor of things for us so we yeah. love it and when you have that mixture of salty and sweet in any food so even a savory dish like you say like a fried rice or I made a bowl of ramen the other day and the recipe said to add a squirt of agave syrup or maple syrup you know Mm. and you don't it doesn't taste sweet at all but it will be doing something so a lot of the times you're seasoning you may think that it's not going to be doing much or you know you can't see the salt in it it's not like a spice mix that you can tell you know but it will be doing something and it will be enhancing the flavor. Try the scrambled eggs experiment with no salt and butter and with yeah. the salt and butter. And you'll see, you can't yeah. see the salt in the butter, but you can certainly taste it. So yeah. it'll you know. be a big difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And you know, you know, um, one last question, I guess, you know, because, and we're going to be going into spring season very soon and people are going to start making more salads and stuff. And, yeah. and you know, and, a lot of times people don't realize that they can make their salad dressing at home. They oh, don't yeah. have to get the preservative filled salad dressing in the supermarket mm-hmm. that's full of chemicals to keep it preserved. Mm-hmm. Um, could you give us like, you know, the a quick recipe, not, not a recipe saying add, you know, this, but like the, the blend, like, oh, this acid. Yeah. Good. So what would yeah. what would you do to make like a great salad dressing? So my this is my classic vinaigrette that I have always used and it's so simple. So it is four to one of olive oil to vinegar. So four, whatever ratio, you know, it's always four to one. So say you do four tablespoons of oil, it would be one tablespoon of vinegar. And then okay. you can work so from the, there. So the, the oil is your fat. The vinegar mm-hmm. is your acid. So you want to use mm-hmm. a fat and an acid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you wanted, you can use, if you want to add sweetness, you can use balsamic vinegar. It, it has a sweeter flavor than red wine vinegar or white wine mm-hmm. vinegar. So you could use balsamic for sweetness. You can also use lemon juice for your acid. So depending on what you're making mm-hmm. the dressing for, um, you might want to use lemon instead, but I'd quite often just use red wine vinegar for a normal salad. Um, and then you want your salt and pepper for sure. So definitely salt and pepper to taste. So add a little bit of salt and then check with your little finger, see if it's salty yeah. enough, add a bit more if you need to. Uh, pepper and I always add a little bit of mustard. I love mustard. And mm-hmm. even if you're not a mustard fan, I don't like mustard really on its own. I don't love it. Mm-hmm. But although I did when I was pregnant, it's all I wanted was mustard and <laughs> sardines, weirdly. But anyway, yeah. um, try and add just a teaspoon of mustard to that dressing. So you're four tablespoons to one tablespoon and then a teaspoon of mustard. And I promise you, you don't taste the mustard. Mm. 
It just enhances the flavor of your dressing. So that is my basic go-to vinaigrette. You can double it up. So it would be eight of oil and two of vinegar and your salt and pepper and mustard. You can add a little bit of honey to it if you want sweetness. You can add a little bit of fruit juice. You can add, you know, use whatever acid you want, really. But that would be my go-to. Um, mm. And the balsamic would add a bit of sweetness. You could also add a little bit, tiny bit of honey or agave or something if you wanted sweeter. Um, but standard, yeah, just oil, vinegar, salt and pepper, and a bit of mustard if you want. Yeah. So, okay. So that's good. And then just understanding that, you know, when making, you you know, whatever ingredients you go towards with your dressing and fat in an acid is the most important. Yeah. So and fat, that ratio four to one usually yeah, works. Fat would be the oil. The acid mm-hmm. would be like your lemon. It could be an, you know, your, your, your clementine and orange could be an acid. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and then also maybe adding more flavoring by adding, like you can just blend up some peppers and different things like that. And then, like you said, the salt and pepper. You can and- add so much to a dressing. Yeah. You can add, um, tahini is a really good one. I love tahini and I'd quite often add that to a dressing. You need to add a little bit of water to tahini to get it to, to yeah. loosen up, but that works really well. Um, there's so many things. And my best tip for salad dressing is to make it in the bowl that you want to serve your salad in mm-hmm. so take your empty bowl and make your dressing in the bottom of it so add your oil and vinegar and you know your fat and your acid and your salt and pepper and everything into the bottom of that and then add your leaves and whatever else you want on top yeah. and then leave it that's it ready you know if you start to toss your salad and then leave it it goes all wilted and not very nice and soggy but if you just leave it at the bottom of the bowl and add your leaves and then you can have it sitting out for a while and it just makes it so don't toss it until you're ready last minute toss the salad it's already in there it saves you making it in a separate bowl and that don't just add your dressing on to your salad on the plate make sure you toss it all together so that your salad is completely coated in the dressing if you just add it on your plate it won't get over all the whole salad you know get it get it in the bowl and get it really well mixed yeah oh my goodness we have learned such a wealth of information today with just like really understanding like how can we play with flavor profiles outside of just using salt and pepper you know in the kitchen like and we don't have to necessarily go into the supermarket and buy all of this pre-packaged seasoning Mm -hmm. and pre-packaged stuff we really once we get in the kitchen we can really play around with the tools and I really think we covered so much today is it anything you want to fill in before we close out today's show I just want to thank you Unique for having me because I it really made me think about how I use seasoning I loved your questions I thought they were fantastic thank you so much for making me think more carefully about how I season and I think it has inspired me to try other things as well to try different flavor combinations and to make more use of um, I mean, I use all of those things all the time, but there's so much more I could be doing. So it has re-inspired me to try new things. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you. Thank you so much for just showing up for the Becoming Unique podcast and yeah. chat with us for the past hour and change. I loved um, it. Yes, I did too. But before <laughs> I let you go, I would love for you to share with everyone, what does Becoming Unique mean to you? So for me... It means, oh, it means 
it's so important to follow what is inside your heart and what feels right to you. So if something feels scary, but in a good way, I think that is the key. If something feels scary and it makes you, you know, have a pit in your stomach and you have a dread feeling, don't go near it. But if something feels scary and good, go for it. Because I think those are the places that where you will shine and you will become your own person and yeah, be unique to you. Those, those moments where you feel that excitement, just mm-hmm. grab it, grab it. <laughs> grab it. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So you started off as at the beginning with, you know, inspiring us to like, you know, with your story. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're closing off with the same kind mm-hmm. of moment with you know you know if it feels good in your heart just grab it and like go with it so I think so yeah oh thanks and you know there's um my group over on Facebook I have a free Facebook group called my food in France and I would love for you to come and join unique and come and see us in there it's a free group we talk about food we talk about I might even do my own little session on seasoning now you've inspired me but I will certainly share the podcast in there uh, for my audience and yeah I I would love for you all to come and join us in there I definitely will. I definitely will. make sure you um send me the link so I make sure I can put it in the show notes. Oh and, right, yes, I will. Yeah, good yeah. idea. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You've been nothing but amazingness. Thank you so much. I loved it. You're welcome.